Hey, everybody. Hi, welcome back to Planet and God. Um, we are starting our reading, our gospel challenge through the new year. Yep, this is Matthew chapter 1. Yep. So, um, you want to just dive right in? or? Yeah, let's get into it. Matthew chapter 1, you should have read it this morning um, or this afternoon. If not, read along as we talk about it. Yeah. The first part talks about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, the one thing I pulled out, which I thought was really interesting, was that it talked, there were specific women that were yeah. pulled in within the genealogy. Tamar, uh, Rahab, and Ruth, and Uriah, and then Mary. Yeah. Um, so, I want to ask you this. What do these women all have in common? Um, well... I know that Rahab was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Rahab and Tamar were prostitutes. Ruth, they, all four of them, Bathsheba, Ruth, Rahab, Tamar, were um, Gentiles, which is another thing. Bathsheba was caught in adultery. Ruth um, had some kind of, I think I had in here... Oh, yeah. Ruth was a Moabitess, and the Moabites came into existence through Lot having intercourse with his daughters. So they all are related, in some way, shape, or form, to some sort of sexual sin. Interesting. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. So you have a bunch of Gentiles, and they're all related in some way, shape, or form to sin. In the genealogy here. Um, one thing that I noticed straight out of the gate was, you know, verse 1, how Matthew opens it up that this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. He talks about showing that Jesus is both. As the son of David, he's the prophetic king, right? The messianic king that's going to follow the lineage of David. And then as the son of Abraham... He's going to be the sacrifice, the satisfying sacrifice for the sins. You know, you notice with uh, Abraham's story when he goes to take his son Isaac on the mountain and sacrifice him, God tells him, No, don't sacrifice your son. I'm going to provide a better sacrifice. And he does at that time with a goat. But here, Jesus being the son of Abraham is going to be that even better sacrifice. Well, it's also the fulfillment of his covenant, or yeah. part, part, part of, of his covenant, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, when we read through the genealogy as a whole, like I said, if you've got a journaling Bible or you like to write in your Bible, I want you to do this. Every time you see the father of, I want you to underline it. Because this is a very key turn of events in the, in the genealogy. You have... Abraham, the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah. Right, And it keeps going down and down until you get to verse 16. Verse 16, we see that change. We see, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. That of whom is a change. It's a feminine word in the Greek pointing to Mary as being the sole mother, that Jesus doesn't have a father figure. Right, like on the earth, right? On the earth, right. Um, He doesn't have a biological father figure. 
So this genealogy is the genealogy of Joseph. And it goes through and shows his lineage, how he can be tied back to David and to Abraham, which is a really cool thing to see. Um, and then, like I said, that of whom changes it and just says, hey, yes, this is Joseph's genealogy, but Jesus is not Joseph's biological son. So this genealogy just points to the fact that you, no matter who you look at, Mary's genealogy or Jesus's genealogy, they all go back to David. They both go back to Abraham. Right. Which is very important, especially when one of the key points of this is showing that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David. Right. Um, another thing that I found really interesting is in verse 11, we have this, this man's name, Jeconiah. And Jeconiah is a very interesting character um, because if Jesus had been Joseph's biological son, because Jeconiah is in Joseph's genealogy, he would have been disqualified from being the Messiah. This is very fascinating. Right, because isn't there like a curse? Yes. On his... Yeah, there's Jeconiah's curse. Um, So there's three main requirements for the Messiah to be the Jewish king. That is that from from the southern kingdom, he has to be a descendant of David. From the northern kingdom, he has to be either divinely appointed by God himself or through a prophet. And then thirdly, he cannot be from the lineage of Jeconiah. This is seen in Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 24 through 30, where that curse comes into play. And specifically, verse 30, it says, um, Thus says the Lord, write this man down as childless, a man who shall not succeed in his days, for none of his offspring shall succeed in sitting in the throne of David and ruling again in Judah. Right? So, Jesus has to be a part of that lineage. And that's how he solves that in verse 16 with that of whom again. Right? That of whom solves that issue, showing that Joseph is not the biological father. Jesus does not have that in his lineage from a bloodline perspective. Right, right. Which is really cool and something I found very um, fascinating. Um, And then that goes into the next section, going through the birth of Christ and how Jesus was prophesied to be born of a virgin. What you're saying? Verses 18 through 24. 25 is how I split it up. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting with like a Mary and Joseph's betrothal process because, well, you just did that sermon. It was a while ago now, but right, where it talks about that. And so it just opened my eyes. Um, to thinking and seeing that a little bit differently because that their the practice of their betrothal right. process would have been like that, right? Um, because they were within that region, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, they were. So I thought it was just eye opening. Nineteen. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Noting that Joseph was a just man, because there's a lot of things yeah. in here. We don't know that much about Joseph, but right. I know throughout the first few chapters, um, we learn a we lot. Learn, yeah, about who Joseph. Joseph is, is a good guy. Like yeah. he was upset with that. You know, obviously Mary was 
you know, pregnant, pregnant right. but he was going to put her away secretly, and that's not really what they would have done back then. No, back then, um, when something like this was found out, uh, the woman would have been publicly stoned. Yeah, so it was, he cared for Mary, and I think there was a love there, yeah. you know, that was, there was already a love there, because sometimes I think we read this and we see, you know, they were put together and like, yeah, you know, they like didn't love each other. And, right. Yeah. But you can already see that he does care for Mary. Yeah. And there is some kind of a love already there. Right. Um, yeah, it's very fascinating. This, this whole chapter one is very much from Joseph's perspective, right? You have the lineage from Joseph's side. You have the announcement of the virgin birth. To Joseph, right? We have, we see Joseph, right? Joseph found out that he was with child. Joseph, being a just man, right, want, not willing to to put Mary to shame, he wants to protect her, right? This is all Joseph's actions. Even though he would have felt betrayed, he still is acting in a just way, um, just showing how God chose the right couple. Yeah. The right two people to raise Jesus, effectively. Yeah. Raise the Messiah. Um, I also think, too, that... Um, so, in verse 21, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Right? Yeah. Talking about, um, you know, when Jesus is older. But this... You know, there's a care there about the sins also right like in joseph's mind there must have been this care about sin yeah. i think that our world today kind of lacks a little bit of oh that. yeah there is no care there, about right, sin. everyone wants to do their own thing right. and be their sin own is way not even on their mind they don't yeah. even think they're sinners or they don't even you know but there is and there is it's there and i think for that line to even be said to him, he knew yeah. there was a sin problem. Yep. <laughs> so and then, yeah. the emphasis of this 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 whole chapter though is that John is or not John, Joseph is not the biological father. Yeah. That's one of the main emphasis. Well and Joseph even knows that yeah. based on obviously he, he knew that did not impregnate right. her, but like getting that from Jesus he knew yep. this is divine. Yep. It's not you know, it's not something that she just went out and did, yeah. you know? And then um, another interesting thing, verse 22 and 23, this is something that we're going to see a lot in the book of Matthew, is that Matthew will mention something that was um, written about the, f the fulfillment, right, of a prophecy spoken of the prophet. The angel here is telling Joseph this, but Matthew records it, right? All this took place to fulfill Right? One of the key words of this book is fulfill um, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. So Matthew, not explaining who the prophet is, but anticipating you as the reader to know who that is. Um, and then he quotes the prophet. Um, Behold, the virgin shall conceive a bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Thereby quoting Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And so one thing that I've done is every time I read, when I'm reading and I see the prophet and then the prophecy, I'm highlighting that because Matthew does it often. And then I make sure to note down where that prophecy comes from. I thought that is very fascinating, um, especially in chapters 1, 2, and 3. It 
You see that a lot there. Um, so going down to uh, 24, where it says, uh, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. So what I love about this is that Joseph did yeah. as the Lord commanded. And it was, there was no hesitancy there. there was, no. It was just... It was true obedience, and I think it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's that's definitely something that is hard to find, especially in today's day and age, is true obedience to the word of the Lord. It's something that we see in Joseph, is his obedience to what God has said. It's just, it's a good example for how we as believers yep. should be, too. Exactly. You know, try to be as obedient, and obedient right away, not just... Um, not hesitant yeah. about it, but you hear the word and then you act on it. And that's what Joseph did. He heard the word from the angel and then he acted on it straight away. Yeah. So really love that. But anything else? I think I'm good. That's uh, that's a wrap. Yep. So we really enjoyed reading chapter one with you guys. And we look to, um, tomorrow when we do chapter two. All right. Well, see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.